This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I'm ready to party! Good morning, Vietnam! Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Magic myth on the wall. Who is the fairest one of all? Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. On Sunday, it's supposed to be like a day of rest. Yeah. Why do I feel like I haven't stopped all day? Well, you had a 12-hour sleep. Yes. Um, but whilst I've been working, you've gone down and did the shopping. <laughs> yes. <sighs> But now we're sitting down, and welcome to His Film, Her Movie. Hello. Yes, we've got another episode. You sound so tired. I, I really feel absolutely, you shouldn't really feel like that when you've had 12 hours sleep. You should be refreshed <laughs> and you nice. You were sleeping on the couch at 8 o'clock last night, and you went to bed. Yes, I'm old. You're only a year older than me. You're old too. Shut up, no, I'm not old. <laughs> I went to bed much later than you. You did? You Which do. is very, very rare. Very <laughs> rare in this house. But yes, we, we are a podcast that takes a subject or a theme. We both pick a film on it and we discuss them. Yes, we do. And I think this week's theme is a bit of an interesting one. Because mm-hmm. we've decided to do essential viewing for the 2020 person. So, to explain that a little bit more... Yeah, because... That sounded really way more complicated than when I went, let's just watch these. Yeah, it's for me, it's looking at, okay, looking at society yesterday and and thinking, right, watch these two films and Mm -hmm. you may learn something about life or a different kind of philosophy of of the way to approach the way you're living your life. It sounds like it's very deep, but when you get into the films... Well, at least one of the films. Okay, one of the films is very deep. <laughs> and there's on a postcard for who picked the clever film. Well, well. <laughs> but no, so we thought we'd take that and given that we're, again, we're, we're in this new decade. Yeah. Um, which is com- going to be, I think, completely different from the one that came before it. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. So yes. what have you chosen for as a film for to be compulsory viewing for people in 2020? I picked the 2006 uh, Mike Judge film Idiocracy. Brilliant. <laughs> and I chose 1957's 12 Angry Men. Yes. By Sidney Lumet. Yes. And I don't think we have any housekeeping really to discuss. Um, as always, follow us on our socials. Go over to wearepodsyndicate.com and you can read up on all um, the articles on film, TV, pop culture, everything there. Mm-hmm. And we might as well just get right into the show, I think. Yep, let's go for it. And we'll start with Idiocracy. Yes. I'm fixing to commensurate this trial here. We're going to see if we can't come up with a verdict up in here. Now, since y'all say you ain't got no money, we have 
proprietarily obtained for you one of them court-appointed lawyers. So put your hands together and give it up for Rico Pendejo. You're my lawyer? Says here you uh, robbed a hospital. Why'd you do that? Yeah, I'm not guilty. That's not what the other lawyer said. I mean, what the, listen, you gotta get me on the stand, okay? I can explain everything. We can take him to your house. We'll show him the get pod up. that I came here. Get up! Get up! Nah. Prosecutor, why you think you done it? Okay, number one, your honor. Just look at him. <laughs> he talks like a fine, too. <laughs> and B, we've got all this, like, evidence of how, like, this guy didn't even pay at the hospital. And I heard that he doesn't even have his tattoo. I know. And I'm all, you gotta be shitting me. But check this out, man. Judge should be like, guilty. Okay, so for anybody who hasn't seen Idiocracy, um, it's only 84 minutes. This is a nice, quick it, film. It, that is so very much. quick film. Very good. But it um, stars a few famous people. Uh, Luke Wilson, Maya Rudolph, Dax Shepard, Terry Crews, and Justin Long, just to name but a few. Yeah, yeah. So it follows M. Private Joe Bowers, who's played by Luke Wilson. And he's literally like the most average American. Yeah. Like when they do tests on him, he's literally the middle of everything. Yeah. He's the most average person. So he's selected to be like a guinea pig for a top secret hibernation um program and he was only meant and him and Mayor Rudolph were only supposed to be frozen for twelve months, but um something happens, the program because it's so top secret was forgotten and he they awake five centuries in the future. Yes. Um and when they wake up they find that society's completely gone downhill and it's basically instead of it being the survival of the cleverest and of the fittest, it's being the survival of whoever could pop out the most babies. Yeah. Um so he is actually the most most intelligent person alive. Mm. And um he has to help fix all the problems that they have created by not being clever basically yeah so i picked this film because there's quite a few different things in it yeah that i thought was quite interesting the first is terry cruz as the president Mm -hmm. he is a famous wrestler he's a tv in this film. Oh, in the wrestler. Oh, sorry, I mean in real life. Not in real life. <laughs> I know who Terry Crews is. No. Um, President Camacho, yeah. as he plays, is a famous wrestler right. and is a TV personality and they've elected him to be president. Yes. Slight mirroring. At least this current president wears a suit. Yes. And not a medallion. <laughs> um, other things like uh, there's just trash everywhere nobody recycles they're literally killing the planet uh lots of other things and i thought it was quite good because we are at that tipping point of if people don't i don't want to say wise up but Mm. don't kind of look at how they're what they're doing now in 500 years there is possibly there's going to be it's going to, we're going to yeah. be in a bad state basically. Absolutely, absolutely. If we're still here. So why why did why do you like this movie? 
I find it funny. It's a funny film, but it's also got like a good Message. story to it. Like the story that I get from it is that the most normal, the most average of people can make a difference. Yes. And it may not be that you can be of average intelligence and suddenly you're the smartest person in the world and you make a huge difference that way. But something as simple as just using a little bit of common sense. Yeah. Which is basically what he... Basically, uh, what Luke Wilson does throughout this film is he just uses common sense. And he's like, well, don't do that. Why don't you just do it this way? And it helps fix problems. It's like, oh, like with the like with pollution, there's so much pollution. Okay, well then why why don't we just use alternatives? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And the thing is, there is and there's two messages really going on in the film. There is that whole an average person is not a bad thing. No. They can help um do good. Mm-hmm. But also the film is very, very confrontational as well. It is, yeah. With its comments on society as a whole. Now, what I find interesting about this, and not obviously, we this is what two thousand six. So it's fourteen years film. ago. Yeah, it's quite old film. So now. this is commenting commenting on an America mostly. That, yes, that is, it is just set in America. It doesn't tell you anything about the rest of the world. No. You can only assume that the rest of the world is in a similar state. So this, for me, is Mike Judge's reaction to a Bush Bush presidency and a Bush America. Yes. So therefore, I find it quite interesting to see what this film would be now. Oh, it would be so interesting to see how they would make it now. And you're talking about, I mean, it is quite, it's very designed to be a bit of a, piercing in in its commentary upon mm-hmm. things like that and he does that sometimes well sometimes not um some of the characters in there are portrayed in a way that i don't know if they're offensive or not as in i know they're trying to play dumb down but the way that the way the performances go go more along the lines of mentally ill which i don't sort of like like i i i really dislike dax shepherd in this film yeah i don't like dax shepherd in this film it just seems to be doing something which i find uncomfortable to watch yeah but again i also feel like um they sort of say about how language has broken mm. down so it might be that the how he's portrayed that of the language breaking down cuz i find it like how he speaks yeah quite like bad um so it could just be how he's portrayed that because nobody else does it as much as he does hmm. but that could just be him. yeah and and, yeah. and that's it and you say it is it's, it is cynical and it works well being cynical and it, you're being cynical of a certain kind of again in this case american it was like that redneck lifestyle especially in the the prologue of the film when you're yes. talking through of how reproductive happens and things like that and how society has devolved in that sense of way. Yeah. Which, which is, it, the parts of it are quite funny, parts of it aren't. Mm-hmm. It's, for me, what, what I normally get like my, my Judge movies is, if I look at Office Space, yeah, Office Space has brains behind it. Yes, it is very broad and very... um sort of sharp with its wit whereas for me idiocracy 
he's got a message that he's trying to get across, which which I respect, but I don't think he does it in the right way. No. So some of it is funny, but some of it, it just lands quite flat. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it goes too broad. I feel like it's very much a product of its time. I think, yeah, definitely. Um, Very, very much a product of its time. And that is very reflected in quite a few of the jokes. Oh, yeah. Um, But, but, it's, but for me, what I find interesting as well is this is like, you talk about society and it's like, this is before smartphones. This is before mm-hmm. YouTube really took off. So it's idea of, the brand and the brand taking over is very relevant to Dayton. Yeah. He, he did get that right, especially yeah. when you're looking at, like, fail, fail videos. Yeah, like, people's clothing is just is branded with yeah. everything. So, I, I, and I do find that interesting. Um, and how, again, it's talking about, like, to talk about water, and, and I can't remember the name of the juice drink and everything like that, but what baffle... Brando. Brando. It's... Got electrolyte get electrolytes still don't really know what they are (laughs) but it's looking today like water how many brands of water are there we were talking about this the other day because i saw like a headline and it was like kim kardashian shows people around like her fridge you Mm. know amazing and she like 12 different kinds of water and you're like love just put your tap on you're getting the exact same water out of your tap as you are out of all of these bottles. Yeah. And you could see like a picture of it and it was like all this water in all these different bottles and she was like, oh yeah, they're really recyclable. Like I'm so proud of myself for like making everything like environmentally friendly. You know, you just feel like going, why don't you just buy like a Chili's bottle, which is stainless steel and just refill it Yeah, from the tap. It's, yeah, and the thing is it does, some of it, it is quite interesting. Like what I find... In the the dumbing down um, of society, I looking at it in a sense like I think this is just going off general society and my judges prejudices against some people maybe, mm-hmm. which which is his prerogative to do. However, for me, it's what's going to happen in five hundred years, where again we're talking about smartphones, right? Yeah. As a society, we don't need. To remember anything ever again? No, I'm so bad. So, do you not remember? 1066. But memory, like, like, what's going to happen to that memory muscle as it is? Because Mm -hmm. we don't need to use it anymore because it's there in a, like, for example, if you remember back in the day, you used to have chats in a bar, like stupid drunken chats when you're trying to remember something. And you'd be talking about for three hours, arguing about it's this, it's that. Now, you don't get those because somebody just pulls out a phone, pulls out Google and... Checks it. Checks it. Yeah. So, therefore, what is what effect is that going to have on society and people? Yeah, it's also... Um, we don't have any... Like, we, we can't just sit. Yeah. Do you remember, like, when you used to go, like, meet your friends uptown? Like, I know you guys used to all meet, meet at yeah, the steps. Yeah. We used to all meet at Woolworths. And... Um, if they were late, you were literally just stood there, yeah, waiting. You had nothing to do because it, you couldn't go in the shops or do anything. Because what happens if they turned up while she went there? So you could be waiting there for like forty-five minutes, spending on buses mm. and everything, and just standing there waiting for people. And that's it. And I think it's 
and what it does predict well is the idea of reliance on like for example everybody is addicted to the phone yes you are i am I which phone. we shouldn't be i've had a phone since i was 12 i know but he's like it, it's sort of in a way it's wally-esque the way wally predicts the future and how yeah society is going and it does get stuff like that right but what i also love this film is it turns politics into reality tv yeah whereas generally what it is now like politics used to be this really highbrow boring thing that used to be on the news maybe once or twice a week Mm -hmm. however now given the cycle of what we have and of twitter and of all these social media we it becomes entertainment. Yeah, because news moves so incredibly fast yeah. now. Like you can have breaking news, and you can get something, get it on your phone straight away, and then get updates. Yeah. If you think about when the latest, like you look at like any of the latest school shootings or terrorist attacks, you hear about it on your phone. You get an alert saying this is what's happening, and it's updated constantly. You can go on social media and you can find tweets from people who are there telling you what's happened or videos or photos or anything like that. Mm. And then as soon as it's finished, it's like, right, next thing. Yeah, and I think, again, going back to the movie, I think that it does stuff like that well. However, it's one of those things where I don't know if I'm reading too much into the film and it's telling me that mm-hmm. or if it's actually there. I, I Especially because we're looking at this now taken back for spot 15 plus years mm-hmm. and then we're relating what's actually happened to what was there whereas what was sort of predicted back then so i don't know if it, if that works well for the film or doesn't work well for the film i think in some ways it works quite well for the film in other ways like they couldn't predict how popular phones would be and they couldn't predict uh like the Me Too movements or Mm. anything like that. So I think if we had carried on as we were doing in 2005, 2006, when this film was made, then um, things might end up similar. But then you had the market crash, you had everything else all going on and it completely changed the whole landscape of where society was going. So it meant that we've had to go like in a different direction. And then now, um, although yes, it's bad, we don't remember things. It does mean that people are more aware of things around them. Mm. So because of that, we're more aware of different kinds of people, different languages, different cultures, everything else. And yes, it may mean that some people are more prejudiced or they just stay in their own little bubble. But I would like to think that because we can see more variety of things, it means that in 500 years, we won't be at that because we've got completely different influences on us now as we did have 14 years ago. Hmm. No, that's good. Thanks. And yeah, I think as well, I mean, Luke Wilson, if you want to get on to performances, I think he is kind of perfect casting because he is just... He just looks confused. He's just middle of the road. He is. His his delivery is quite. It it never really peaks in or gets too irate, but it never gets too 
boring or depressive. Mm-hmm. He is just so on the line. Yeah, he really is. That he, he sails through the movie, but I think that's what the film needs. Um, he's very, he's like, he, yeah, he's just a, he's kind of calming. Yeah. But also, what are, there's, there's some jokes within there where we, do, we can talk about the screenplay. I mean, I know he is, Mike Judge is calling people out, but mm-hmm. there's part of me where they use a certain word yes. to describe someone who's who who reads, who does things. Yeah, I don't agree Whereas with that. Whereas I think those, yes, he's trying to put those down, but for me, in an audience, those would get laughs, and I don't, I find that kind of... I don't of, feel like they'll get laughs now. No, no, but like back in the day, I think they were designed to get a giggle out of people. Yeah. Whereas... I, yeah, that, that feels makes me feel a bit uneasy because it's said a lot. It is said a lot, um, but again, it, it's a product of its time. Mm. It wasn't as much of a slur, yeah. Then, so it is kind of hard. There'll be things that we find really funny now that oh, in ten years, it'll be people. People will be shocked at the stuff on like the in betweeners that people found funny, and now you're like, oh, that's yeah. a bit. That's not very good, yeah. and even that's not that old. No, so. Again, stuff is moving so fast now. So I think, yes, it can make you feel uncomfortable, but I think as long as you are going, right, this is very much a product of its time and this was acceptable, it's, um, it might end up being the... It, it, it's like Disney and Warner Brothers. They At the start of their classic cartoons, they now have a thing saying, this was a product of its time. It's not meant to cause offence to anybody, mm. but the times were different. Um, it. I think you can look at a lot of things. It's like you look at Dumbo, and it has like it has Jim it, Crow crows, yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And then you can look at Fantasia, and it has um the little Pegasus and all of them, the little nymphs. That now you look at it, and you're like, that is so bad. Like some of it is blatantly blackface. Yeah, but at the time, it wasn't. No, no I, it wasn't seen as being I, as bad. But I get that. I I just feel like they it was trying to use a certain word to get a laugh. Where generally, I, even back then, I don't think it would should have been seen as being funny. No. But no. Um, do you have anything else you want to add on? Um, do you have any fun facts? I do have some fun facts. I will just bring them up. Also, I want to say love Mia Rudolph. Mia Rudolph is fantastic. Um. We kind of spent like the whole night kind of watching Maya Rudolph and different we did. things, really. We did. Because after that, we watched um, uh, The Good Place. We so, did. So nowadays, we all have like the health warnings on the boxes in America. It's the Surgeon General's one. Um, on one box of cigarettes, it says, warning, the Surgeon General has one lung and a voice box, but he could still kick your sorry ass. So I thought that was quite funny. Um, when Joe... Luke Wilson is escaping from prison. He runs past a DeLorean. Right. Just like in the background. Oh, and then the last bit, there is a huge garbage avalanche, which causes the pods to come out because they're all like in in that. Um, The item that caused the avalanche, do you remember what it was? No. It's a beer can. Right. Which is recyclable, so... Recycle your beer cans and we'll have a beer avalanche. We'll have a garbage avalanche, people. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's Idiocracy done. We'll have a swift break and we'll come back with 12 Angry Men. Cool. 
craft beer junkie. Do you eagerly anticipate the freshest IPA release from your local craft brewer? Do you check in every beer you've ever had on Untapped? Do you know the difference between a Belgian triple and a Berliner Weisse? Then do we have a podcast for you. What's Untapped podcast gives you beer reviews, interviews with brewers, behind the scenes, access to beer festivals, games, and more. Whether you're a craft beer junkie or new to the world of craft brewing, What's on Tap podcast is something for you. Check us out online, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and now we are podsyndicate.com. And as always, keep drinking, you dum-dums. CS3P Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I've ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. Also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. no just, just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? All right, I don't have anything brilliant. I only know as much as you do. According to testimony, the boy looks guilty. Maybe he is. I sat there in court for six days listening while the evidence built up. Everybody sounded so positive, you know. I, I began to get a peculiar feeling about this trial. I mean, nothing is that positive. There are a lot of questions I don't like to ask. I don't know, maybe they wouldn't have meant anything, but I began to get the feeling that the defense counsel wasn't conducting a thorough enough cross-examination. I mean, he, he let too many things go by, little things that... What little things? Listen, when these fellows don't ask questions, it's because they know the answers already and they figure they'll be hurt. Maybe it's also possible for a lawyer to be just plain stupid, isn't it? I mean, it's possible. You sound like you met my brother-in-law <laughs> I, I kept putting myself in the kid's place. I'd have asked for another lawyer, I think. I mean, if I was on trial for my life, I'd want my lawyer to tear the prosecution witnesses to shreds, or at least try to. Look, there was one alleged eyewitness to this killing. Someone else claims he... Heard the killing, saw the boy run out afterwards, and there was a lot of circumstantial evidence. But actually, those two witnesses were the entire case for the prosecution. Supposing they're wrong. What do you mean, supposing they're wrong? What's the point of having witnesses at all? Could they be wrong? Well, what are you trying to say? Those people sat on the stand under oath. They're only people. People make mistakes. Could they be wrong? So, yeah, 12 Angry Men, um, Sidney Lumet's 1957 film, starring Henry Fonda... Um, Ed Bagley, um, Legia Cobb, just to name a few. This is the story of a jury yep. who have to um, reside over if a young Latin man, 18-year-old man, killed his father. Mm-hmm. Um, and we it's predominantly just set in one room. We do have a sort of a prologue in the courtroom yeah. and a little bit of a epilogue out after the 
after the final scenes, but otherwise, the most of the film is in one room, just twelve men talking. Okay. Um, and yeah, this is for 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 me. What when when I'm when I'm watching Twelve Angry Men, I've seen it a few times, but it's been years since I've seen it. And the reason why I thought, especially this film, would be good for a 2020 audience mm-hmm. is not only because of its, its subject matter, because its subject matter generally is racism. Yeah. Now, that is what's going on throughout the film, which obviously is very, very relevant today. Mm-hmm. But what I like about this film is that people change their minds and it's not well it it is actually greeted with some sort of seen as weakness but people actually do change their minds with facts yes and with people so with people telling them things that they didn't either realize or didn't think they they knew Mm -hmm. so people take on information people process that and then change their minds where i think as a comment on society today People are very, very reluctant to change their mind. They get an idea, they believe that idea, and mm-hmm. nothing can change their minds otherwise. And I find it, well, this film that shows it in a way where people should have discussions, they should have discourse with one of one another, and come to some sort of conclusion. Now, if it's a matter of opinion, then yeah. fine. If you're like heads, that's no, not a problem. But when facts are put in front of you, then you can only refute them to a certain extent, and then one one party becomes wrong and one party becomes right. Yes. So, what we have is these men come in to this jury room. At the time, eleven of them see this kid as guilty, whereas one character, juror number eight, none of them have names mm-hmm. they just have numbers so during race well let's if we vote guilty this kid's going to the electric chair should we not just give him a little bit of respect and discuss it a little bit further yeah and it's like he's saying i'm not saying he's not guilty but just make doubly sure let's actually take the time and it brings up this idea of reasonable doubt yeah. Whereas reasonable doubt isn't he's not guilty or she's not guilty. It is... don't know. I don't know. And it, that exact term comes up a hell of a lot in this movie is, well, I don't know. So how can I make a judgment when I don't know? And going back to today's society, so many judgments are made and so many different people get on high horses about stuff that they don't know. Yeah. Um. And not going into, into certain things, but I believe what Lumet does here um, and what Reginald Rose does in his screenplay, because it's adapted from a play, which you can you can pretty much see how it can be seen as a play, because given that it's just one, one room. One room, but yeah, it's it's shocking by how relevant it is today, and it was made 63 years ago. <laughs> well, what did you think about it? I did like it. There's a couple of little things that I did notice. It's very much like, for one, um, may I ask, why was there no woman on the jury? Well, that's one thing. Is that possibly because they wasn't allowed? It was because it was a violent case? I'm not sure. um, But the the one thing that I've got here 
is what doesn't really age well is they're all white. They're all white men. men. Yeah. So even though there is a an immigrant within the the ranks, it's still a white male. Yeah. Um. So that's, but again, I don't know the judicial system or the restrictions on stuff like that back in back in that time. So I don't I know think, if it, if it I was. Think I when I read read stuff about it, um. Women can be could could have been on the jury, but this would have been seen as being too hard for the for the delicate flowerness of women. Maybe. Um, there's very very much. It also goes on very much about the whole class divide mm-hmm. in America. It's very much an us versus them, poor versus middle class. There's a huge amount of toxic masculinity. Yeah. In this, that is just it makes you a bit sick, really. Like the guys, the. the Jorah, who's talking about his son. Legia called his jury number four, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, um, he ran away from a fight and I was nearly physically sick at it. Yeah. And it was like, calm your boots. Your son didn't want to get in a fight with somebody, so he got out of it. You should be proud of the fact that your son doesn't want to just answer things with his fists. And then he's like, oh, yeah. And then I taught him how to be a man. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, well, it sounds like he was becoming a better man. And then he didn't see him for two years. It's like, okay, yeah, it sounds like he's become a way better man than you ever became. Oh, definitely. And the thing, I mean, I mean, Legia Cobb's character is kind of seen as the villain of the piece as well. So it's like, it's, I think it's trying to show the wrong kind of masculinity as well. Because whereas you've got Henry Fonda's character, Jujuri number yeah. eight, who is that calm collected always in control of, of his emotions where you've got Lydia Cobb as um that sort of very very volatile very emotional laid character and mm-hmm. Ed Bagley's I think is jury number 10 who is the older of the characters who generally has prejudices against the race of the, the yeah defender. because that's it there's like the guy with the son the basketball fan and then the man with the cold. Yeah. They are the guys who are causing all the tension. They're the ones who are causing all the problems. Like the guy, the baseball fan just wants to leave. Yeah. And go watch his baseball. Yeah. The man with the son, like we just said, is he's he's just like he's wrong. And but he's he's not saying it because of racism. I feel like he's saying it because he has projected himself into the role of the father. Absolutely. And so he's seeing it as if his son had done it to him. And the man with the cold is just racist as hell and he's awful. Yeah. He literally says, These people, life doesn't mean as much to them as it does to us. Mm. And it's like that is an awful thing to say. Yeah. And that's what I think as well, is like and I find that a very successful thing in the film because it shows a lot of different facets of like these all 12 all have distinctive personalities they all have mm-hmm. distinctive motives and, and motivations and how each one of their decisions have been made you get to see and you get to understand why they're making them yeah um and that for me legia cobb's character is not only yes he is he does seem like a, a nasty man but he's he, got a lot of problems. But he, he, I think, sort of personifies the idea of, and it's still, it's still the thing today. Every generation is afraid of the generation after it. Yes. And always thinks that they had it good, and then the the youth generally has no respect, no discipline, no whatever. Whereas what Legia Cobb's character is 
of that 50s of where fathers ruled with discipline where he mm-hmm. was like even says i call my father sir he's like, he's like yeah, but kids today they don't it was like yeah well no offense but if your son didn't call you sir then he called you like just either you did not instill that in him mm. to call you that because the older generation complains about the younger generation but no offense you raised us no yeah 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 we learn how to act from you so if you weren't a good role model Guess not going to be as we're not going to live up to what you want us to live up to, and, and that's it. And again, it's like that idea of the discipline of like fact is that it comes from a generation where people used to beat their children, mm-hmm. and therefore they used to think I because I had it, I've came out well that it's going to work again, and obviously it doesn't work like that. No. But also, you've also you've got this this idea of it. Yes, it's criticizing prejudice, it's criticizing all this other stuff, but it's also criticizing the judicial system mm-hmm. at the time because. It's brought up that this lawyer didn't do a good job because no, he's a... he's not getting paid. He's not getting paid. And it's, it's like, okay, well, all they care about is getting off a docket or they don't have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the people in that jury room have to do their job for him. Yeah. And they act out situations and they understand stuff. And it's like the way they unlock the mystery of it, mm-hmm. it is... And the way it's structured throughout it, I just find it really satisfying to watch because even though it is just 12 men in a room, you're never bored. You're always sort of on top of things. You're always... I mean, some of the reveals, like, for example, there's a... The, the main first reveal is that is the switchblade. Yes. And how everybody's like, this is that. It's so unique. And then during number eight, Henry Fonda just picks one out and stabs it in the... Table. It's like one. I, I I went walk for three hours, and I found six thrift stores within this thing, and I got one of these knives. Yeah. So, and it's just how step by step that he shows that reasonable doubt of, and of how people can just take what people say as truth. Yeah. Like it's and not understanding that that people have personalities and they may want their ulterior, ulterior motives of wanting to be heard and wanting to yeah. be made feel important. Like, I mean, some of the stuff that they say about all the tech, it's a big, big plot point about there's a, a female character who don't meet. No. But one of the plot points is surrounding the fact that she doesn't want to wear glasses outside because it won't make her look pretty. But like you say that, but then I remember there was... Um uh, there's the Marilyn Monroe, Lauren Bacall film, How to Marry a Millionaire. Mm-hmm. And Lauren Bacall's, not Lauren Bacall, uh, Marilyn Monroe's character wears glasses and she won't wear them outside. She's like, you know what people say about women who wear glasses? And it's like, I don't know, I could wear glasses every day. But there, there was a stigma yeah. at the time for women to, to wear not wear them. So she, the whole point of that film is her literally walking around bumping into things because she's as blind as a bat, but she's like, I can't wear them yeah which i guess is an extreme but it's not if maybe at the time nowadays it's like that's a bit weird but at the time it could have been something that people go actually yeah that makes so much sense mm. and yeah and i just love again it, it, it's just such a good script i mean sydney lumet does bring a hell of a lot to it like cinematically his use of um, different lenses because you were in this room and it's it's not only is well, it's a great script, but for example, the importance of heat. 
yes of the environment that they're in and how that can affect people's behaviors because obviously you have this thing that's the hottest day of the year mm-hmm. the, the air condition isn't working um everybody and you can see them throughout the church they're just sweating profusely so you can feel uncomfortable i really and like the idea that they actually made them do that it's been being sat really in a warm room yeah having like a really warm room mm. and yeah so it's like te- tempers get high and get sort of a bit more confrontational in that environment yeah um and senior limit does a really good i think of that but for me yeah it is the script is just so, so tight. And yeah, those reveals of like, for example, the glasses and of the knife and of the acting out the scene of the old man. And when you see people say like, okay, it's the juror number nine who is like, he sees the old man trying to hide his limp. Yeah. And he's got a cut underneath his jacket. And it's like, when they can relate to each other and say, okay, well, I, exa- I know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. No, he's been in that apartment for years. Nobody's ever listened to him. And when he got the chance... He wants people to listen to him. Yeah. And it's just so well done. Um, in such like a... It's, it's a character study, but I think it's more of like... It's a society study. Yes. Because you've got all these different kinds of people. You've got people who work nine to five, five, five. You've, got, you've got the banker, you've got salesman, you've got a advertisement man, um, a high school football coach, retired people, immigrants, a watchmaker. A watchmaker. And yeah, I, I just find it so wonderful that they all have these completely individual personalities and none of them bleed into each other. No. And it's like just moments like, when... It's, it's the idea of blocking as well, because you can see it being done in a play mm-hmm. and the way where it's being done. For example, um, the opening scene when they get into the jury room, just how the camera doesn't cut, but you get, it comes in and out of people yeah. and they're having individual conversations and you get a little snippet of their personality and what, what how they're feeling of the day, what they want to do. Uh, this is an open and shut case. Mm-hmm. But then it's even sort of blocking when ed bagley has his big saying these people don't like they're all drinkers they're all whatever they're all they they treat life like terribly and when everybody gets up and stands and puts it back to them that's quite powerful and Mm -hmm. i could see that working on a stage actually he would be doing it and all the people would be probably get up and stand with the face of the audience the back to him and i think Nothing's said by the people, even though um, one of the jurors just said, basically say, sit down and don't open your mouth again for the entirety. And yeah, it's just, it's where I think the visual medium works because you don't have to say the words, you just see it with actions and and it's it's important. But yeah, I do feel like when you're watching it, you feel like you're watching an important movie. Yeah, you do. Um. But yeah, um, do you have anything else to add on 12 Angry Men? I think I'm about No, I really enjoyed it. It was something that, again, I had watched a long time ago and hadn't watched it since. So it was good to watch it again because you do, you forget things about these kind of films. Um, So I thought I did enjoy it. It was was nice to... It is. And it's been interesting. The thing is, it's got some actually quite funny parodies. There's a 
Amy Schumer did a parody on her TV show where it's like called 12 Angry Men mm-hmm. and it's just her in front of like 12 executives that all they're doing is um, criticising the way she looks and the way she speaks <laughs> and, she, and it's just, it is, it's, it's brilliant. But yeah, if you have never seen 12 Angry Men, again, it's 90 minutes long. Yeah, it's a nice quick film. It runs across and yeah, it is 12 people talking, but it is, it's cinematic and it's got momentum. It's never, ever boring. Um, and has some wonderful performances in them. Like Lydia Cobb um, is so good. Um, Ed Bagley is brilliant. And Henry Fonda, just. Henry Fonda's never bad. No, that's true. So, yeah, that's our two films. Yeah. We'll have to have a discussion what we're going to do next week because we don't know, even though one of our resolutions was to be more organised. Yay! We'll decide before we actually sit down and watch the film. <laughs> that probably be a good idea. Yes, and then I'm just trying to think. We'll be doing them the next week, but the following week, maybe not not so much. Yes. We'll probably be having a day, a weekend off, a week off in a couple of weeks, just... Because I'm not here. Lauren's not here, so therefore, well, we'll figure something out. We'll sort something. I could always watch something. Yeah, we we, we can do something. Actually, we'll, we'll sort something out. We'll sort something out. Um, But yeah, I think that's it. Um, I don't really have anything more to add for this week nope. just go follow us on our social medias iTunes any sort of reviews and ratings that you can give us oh, sorry Apple Podcasts iTunes really kind of doesn't exist anymore so it, it does but Apple Podcasts is the way where you go oh, okay. Um, but yeah do, do what you can I'm really and just tell your friends <laughs> tell your friends <laughs> tell your friends about us Um, yeah I think that's it please yeah just tell your friends about us tweet and share us do what you can it's ended on such a like a really we had so much energy before and i was just sort of of, died down die down die down (laughs) but no that's goodbye from me bye see you next week